Hi, this is Steve Roost and you're listening to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio. Each week we give you the best news, views and interviews from the health technology world. From CEOs and founders to entrepreneurs and clinicians. The companies and people that are shaping the future face of healthcare. All on the world's number one talk health radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio, the world's biggest and best talk health radio station. My name is Steve Bruce and each week we bring you the best news, views and interviews with the founders, leaders, clinicians and CEOs who are changing the face of healthcare in the UK and beyond. I am a founder and CEO of a health tech company myself called PocDoc. Our mission is to allow anyone with a smartphone and the PocDoc app to give themselves a blood test for major diseases, starting with cardiovascular disease which is actually quite relevant for today's guest. And that is something that we will come back to in a moment. So as always, before we get to who's on today's show, I want to remind everyone to follow at Health Tech Hour on Instagram and Twitter. Please follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Roost CEO. And always follow the station, which is at UK Health Radio, to get to stay on top of all of the other great content that's, that's coming up. We read every message that people send in. So thank you for all of the listeners that have, have, have written in. Um, we love the energy. We love the fact that you love the show. We do this for you. So if you have a guest suggestion, uh, if you have an opinion about something that we've talked about, um, let us know. Tell us. We're, we're always here and we'll, we'll read everything. So on to today's show. Actually, before we go on to today's show, I just would like to apologize because I lost my voice over the weekend, which is why I sound like this. So it, I understand I don't sound fantastic, but, you know, the show must the show must go on. Um, so on today's show, we have Jules Payne, the CEO of Heart UK, which is the UK's only cholesterol charity. Uh, their aim is to save lives by helping people understand what cholesterol is and reducing their risk of cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular disease through health, healthy living. Uh, this is the time of year where people often think about getting healthy after overindulging at Christmas. Uh, and coming out of the pandemic, there's obviously been huge disruptions to course of business um, for, for healthcare, for, for all kinds of major conditions, uh, including cardiovascular disease, but also other things like cancer and, and, and really across the board, um, heart conditions, stroke, hypertension. So it's kind of the perfect moment to get someone like Jules to come on the show um, and to just understand what Heart UK do and what their, what their mission is. So Jules, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Steve, for your lovely welcome. And it's lovely to, to be here and represent Heart UK on the show today. Perfect. How are things over at Heart UK? Is this a busy time of year or is it just kind of always generally quite busy? It's always busy, always busy. So we never really have a, a da- any downtime. Um, and you touched on the pandemic there. Uh, our access for our services went up by 73% during pandemic it was huge that's massive well we're gonna i mean look to be honest with you we could probably do three or four shows on this not least of which because this area is obviously quite close to my heart if you if you pardon the pun um but also because there's a lot to unpick so um as everyone knows that listens to the show we generally do it in three parts so there's an origins part and then there's a middle bit about all of the amazing things that heart uk are going to be doing and then there's a sort of a final part which is more will be i think advice to listeners because the, the the amazing thing about what what um about what jules is doing at heart uk and cardiovascular disease heart condition stroke high blood pressure 
it affects all of us in some way, shape or form, whether it's not you yourself right now, I guarantee you it will be an uncle, an aunt, a mother, a father, a grandfather, a grandma. Like it, 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 it's the, it's the, you know, it, cardiovascular disease is, is the single biggest killer in the UK. So there's a, there's, it's relevant for all of us. Um, so yes, I think there's a lot that we can, we can get into. So Jules, um, so in my experience, people in the not-for-profit sector generally have a very clear reason or a very clear mission um, or drive or calling uh, to get into that particular sector. You know, it's something that comes from within. And so w- what was that for you? Is that is that true for you? And what, what was it? And how, how was your journey into this sector and also into the this particular area of, of, of heart health and, and cholesterol? Yes, thank you. So, so our, our absolute reason for being is to save lives, lower cholesterol and save lives, and also keep families together so that we don't see families ripped apart by people dying or having heart attacks and surviving and actually, you know, the real impact of the heart attack or the stroke on the family we want to change that. So it is all about prevention. It's all about making sure that we prevent early deaths and disease from cholesterol. And our absolute mission is to is for, for people to know and understand their cholesterol and other blood fat, um, other blood fats, and be taking appropriate action. That's why we exist. And I'm a great believer, Steve, in you know, charities really should only be around uh, while the problem exists. The, the charities should set themselves up to resolve the issue and then you don't need the charity anymore. So I'd love to say that you are making everybody redundant at, at Heart UK and we don't need the help anymore from all these wonderful volunteers that help us. But actually, yeah. um, unfortunately, we're not in that space quite yet. Right. And just to be clear, you're not making that announcement on air to all the people <laughs> that work for Heart UK. So just we're all clear. It was hypothetical. And yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. So um, with you personally, though, because we're going to come on to a little bit, because I, I think what, what I want to do before we go too much further in the show is that I, I think we should come up with just some definitions and baselines of what we're really talking about. You know, with, mm-hmm. with all these words that people hear, probably quite a bit cholesterol and you know, their blood pressure and lipids and cardiovascular disease and all this kind of stuff. But for you personally, was is this particular area something that, that was a personal mission for you, which often happens within the not-for-profit sector? Or there's, were you just committed to the not-for-profit sector because you wanted to make a difference? Or what was your journey to, to, as to how you've gotten to this, 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 this position? So, so for me, I always like being a sort of um, big pebble in the pond, if you like, as opposed to a small pebble in a bigger pond. Um, I like to see the difference that I'm making. And then just getting into working in the charity sector w- w- just opened my eyes. And the, the whole aspect, I worked in allergy previously, and I thought that was a fantastic job. And then I joined Heart UK and I truly have the best job in the whole wide world. This Our cause is a fantastic cause. There's still so much to do. And, you know, we know that we can make a real, real difference. And I, and I can tell you, when I first arrived, I, I heart was always one of those things that you think, yeah, that would be amazing. Heart or brain, I've always felt for me personally, um, two areas that are so, so interesting and, and so much that still can be done, certainly around prevention. That's a, such a key, key thing. And actually, from a health perspective, 
it saves a huge amount of money for the NHS. But what does that mean to the average family? Not a lot, really. Mm. What it means is that you keep families together. So for me, actually, it was a story very, very early on. Uh, in fact, I was one week into my role at Heart UK and I read a story and I was stood in my kitchen and I feel like I could, I, I was there, I'm back there now as I'm talking about it. And it was a story about Rihanna Wingett. And Rihanna Wingett's mum knew that she had the inherited form of high cholesterol. So she was asking her GP, when are you going to test my girls? And sadly, the GP said, um, it's, they'll be fine. I'll test them when they get to their um, teenage years. Right. Unfortunately for Rihanna Wingett, um, she, well, she did a cross-country run at school on the eve of her 12th birthday. And she got back from that run and sadly collapsed on the field and died. And um, her mum was out buying her birthday presents and they were going to have family celebrations, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I read that story and uh, Rihanna obviously had familial hypercholesterolemia, which is the inherited form of high cholesterol. Now, the family knew that that was actually in in the family, but they couldn't get the children tested. And, And that is awful, an awful situation when I know we've had cancer in my own family and, you know, myself and my sister were offered a huge amount of support from the NHS because of cancer and the genetic form. But actually on this side of things, this wasn't happening. And and so from that day to this, that has, that story, that family, and I've met the family, they're an amazing family, but they have to live with that every single day. They have to live with somebody missing at their dining table a piece of of their heart has gone and that shouldn't be happening as far as I'm concerned. So that is absolutely why I do my job. And and, and it's, it's stories like that. It's similarly funny. Um, Not, not, not the same story at all, but, but one of the reasons why we started PopTalk was because my, my co-founder Kieran, who happens to also be my wife, her father um, was in his late fifties, early sixties and went to the doctor, this GP, um, and proactively said, look, I'm worried about my cholesterol. I've seen lots about it on the news and, you know, I'd like to get a sort of a proactive check. I've heard about these health check type things and I'd like to do it. And the GP sort of said, I think you're fine. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I've got other things to do and I'm quite busy and which is all true. You know, they, they are overworked and they are massively overstretched. And so he didn't get the test and it was ultimately for him, it was okay, but it created this dilemma for him, which was like, well, how, how do I get a test done? Do I do I pay to go privately, which is quite expensive and very difficult? And I don't know if I should do that. And so we started the, the, the popped up because we wanted to allow anyone with a smartphone to run a simple blood test, um, beginning with cardiovascular disease, because we felt like that would be the easiest way for people to do it, to try and democratize access and make it equal so that we can allow people to test themselves. Because our, our view, I don't know whether you'd agree, but by having access to your biological information, that means that action can be taken. I completely agree. However, Heart UK would not recommend home testing, cholesterol right. testing right now. Yeah, the self-testing. Um, you mean self-testing? Self-testing yeah. is, is, is um, not recommended by Heart UK because, quite honestly, it's, it's not good enough right now. So you do need to see a healthcare professional, go to the pharmacist. 
If you have early heart disease in your family, and by that I'm talking about parents, siblings having a heart attack or or, or stroke or dying um, below the age of 60, then do please go to your GP and ask to be investigated um, to make sure you know your cholesterol number. And if it's above a certain level, which is total cholesterol would be 7.5, then you need to be considered to uh, whether you have the inherited condition called familial hypercholesterolemia or for the rest of this broadcast we'll call it fh fh yeah <laughs> just because you know yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful um exactly. so let's just take this opportunity let's just talk about some of the terminology right because i think that it would be there's lots of stuff that gets thrown around so cholesterol what is it and why does it matter or why should people take pay attention to it Okay, so cholesterol is a a waxy substance that basically we need cholesterol, but only a certain amount. It's when you have too much cholesterol in your system that things start going wrong. And what happens is that the cholesterol starts to build up in your arteries. And then eventually it's built up so much that basically the the blood can't flow through your arteries and therefore you have a heart attack or a stroke. Mm -hmm. Why it matters is because, in fact, Cholesterol is the the second biggest risk factor for heart disease. So after, smoke, pressure, after smoking, probably. Oh no, uh, oh, blood no, pressure is oh, first. Blood pressure. Blood, blood pressure. pressure is first, um, and then cholesterol. And cholesterol since so I I joined Heart UK back in August 2010, and. You know, I've seen cholesterol being a priority and then it's been swept under the carpet and then it's a priority again and then it's swept under the carpet. And I've often called uh, cholesterol the Cinderella of the cardiovascular disease because actually it's just a it's the poor relation of the cardiovascular disease. Okay. uh, uh, And in fact, it shouldn't be because it's it's very serious. It causes heart attacks and strokes. And it, it needs to be taken seriously. And okay. it is the second biggest risk factor. So the downside to cholesterol is the fact that you have to be tested to know it. Whereas with blood pressure, it's simple. You can do it at home. And actually, it is something that is very, very easy. Pop into the pharmacist, get that sorted. It's a couple of minutes. Yeah. Cholesterol testing takes a little more effort to know. Um, yeah. But it's still just as important. Yeah. And that's I mean, and, and I think that that's and so within cholesterol covers five things. Correct. That's also so when people talk about cholesterol testing. It's generally five, five things. And, and why I think that's also something that might be worth explaining, because just measuring total cholesterol on its own doesn't necessarily give you the full picture, does it? No. So what you need is you and, and I would encourage everybody to really understand the, the numbers here. So so it is your total cholesterol. It's your LDL which is your bad cholesterol uh, or, and your HDL, which is actually your good cholesterol. So it is, and the more you, you hear about cholesterol, it's, and it's an interesting one because a lot of people think that cholesterol is simple and straightforward. You just eat less fat and less cakes and biscuits, and that's fine, but it's far more complicated. Heart UK puts on an annual scientific conference three days every year and have done for 30 years now, um, whereby we discuss cholesterol and lipids and, and the importance and the dangers and, of course, educate everybody around, healthcare professionals, I would quote, um, around this subject matter. So actually knowing and understanding the 
LDL is very, very important because it's all about LDL. HDL is also important because there is a certain point at which it doesn't become protective anymore. So HDL generally kind of tackles your LDL to try and get it out of the body. Um, but it just once there's too much, it just can't cope anymore. And then, of course, you have your non-HDL, which is your um, all your blood fats, less the HDL. Right. And understanding all of them is important because they all effectively provide a much bigger picture, a much richer picture. of what's happening inside your body presumably yeah absolutely and and that's exactly the point is the understanding of 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 everything is really important and often when people phone up for their um for their test results or they go onto their app of course of their test results um then they see the numbers um often we hear on the helpline that people don't get told their numbers they just get told you're okay and actually, it's really important. And, and people are taking responsibility for their health more and more these days because of apps, actually, because of technology. Yeah. So people are seeing, you know, what does that actually mean? Well, I think people, again, partly one of the reasons why we've, I mean, and we've, we've popped up our first route that we're collaborating with is with healthcare professionals to try and roll out doc through pharmacies and GP surgeries and so on and so forth to, to, to provide that extra layer of um, support and, and, and sort of responsibility, if you like. Um, but I, I think people, particularly with something which is a marker or a set of markers, which is involved in an ongoing monitoring or, or an ongoing measure of ongoing health, then unless you have access to that actual data, then how do you sort of get a benchmark for whether you're going in one direction or the other, you know? Exactly right. Exactly right. And I think this is exactly where technology does come in. So we have all got access now to our our records, our doctor's records, if we wish. But there's also there's lots of um, health apps out there and people can choose which ones they want to do, link up their their Fitbit to to them, etc. And I think this is this is very important. Tech is definitely going in that way. And, And Steve, you obviously, as you've said, you own a tech company. So what way are you taking, you know, health? Yeah, so, yeah, so our, our, our kind of view on the whole thing, I mean, look, I don't want to, obviously I could talk about this for hours and have them, but, but the, um, the, the way that we came at this or are coming at this is, is, is fundamentally that um, if you want to encourage people to live a healthier life and to take more control over their health, whether that be cardiovascular disease or type 2 diabetes or whatever it might be, then I think the argument has sort of been settled that by giving those people access to information about their current condition, it makes it easier for them to make better decisions. I think it's kind of, it's not really, I'm not sure really there's a counter argument to that. Um, and so our view has really been around how do we make routine blood testing easier and quicker for certain things? Um, it's not about replacing the laboratory, but for certain markers, starting with a five marker lipid panel, um, we've PogTalk allows you to do that with a smartphone or a tablet. Um, and in our, we, we've just finished the um, NHS Digital Accelerator where we, we were highlighted as, as health tech set to transform the NHS, which is hugely exciting. And we're in discussions for a number of NHS pilots. Um, so we, we've been very conscious from the beginning to align ourselves with what clinicians would would, would approve and would, would consider to be a responsible way to, mm-hmm. to roll out this technology. And, um, you know, it's very exciting. I mean, people... Um, what, you know, there are, there are a number of pharmacy chains that we're speaking to. I think the role of community pharmacy has a has a massive role to play in helping um, take the burden off of, of 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 services that were previously, you know, within primary care. But actually, now community pharmacy can take over a lot of that things if there's the technology. So that the reason why 
um, the, re the our, our kind of innovative, or one of the, the things that we, we believe is innovative is this idea of being able to combine the benefits of using an app with a traditional lateral flow diagnostic. Right? Lateral flow tests traditionally are just silly bits of plastic that you have to read the result from, right? Not very good for quantitative, right? If you can read a line, thank you, COVID. But otherwise, how do you digitize that information? How do you do it in a safe, secure manner? How do you sync back up with someone's electronic health record? How do you provide people with access to follow-on care? It's actually really difficult if you're dealing with lateral flows, but it's very, very hard to offer point-of-care blood testing unless you use lateral flows. So we feel like we've sort of come up with a solution that combines the benefits of app technology with lateral flow. And, and that's what the, the Pogdale platform is. But we, we're very conscious that it has to be done in a way that's supportive for patients and, and, and aligned with what the healthcare service needs. Um, and, and the needs in this area are pretty dramatic at the moment. Mm, absolutely. And I think I've always said science moves on in leaps and bounds very, very quickly. It's it's incredible what we can achieve these days. Um, with science and um, you know how you know, the history where we've come from and how quickly things happen in the current environment and I think you've just demonstrated very ably in terms of what's so exciting about tech meeting science um, now and and you know with a patient always at the centre this is always what Heart UK will always say is the patient always at the centre and it's always about that patient and, and the family, of course, always about the family too. I agree. And so on that note, we're going to break, do a, do a short commercial break right now. But after that, we're going to come back and I'd like to dig into a bit more detail on all of the, on really on the, the core mission of, of Heart UK um, and, and ultimately why that, why people listening should, should, should care about that because it's, it's really important and, and what you're doing across the board is, is extremely exciting. So we'll be right back after a couple of minutes. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. How good are vitamin C supplements? Usually only a small proportion of vitamin C actually reaches your cells and has a positive effect. Whereas the high absorption levels of Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C help maintain optimal vitamin C levels in your body and strengthen your immune system. Now get 10% off when you choose Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C capsules. Just quote 10 off at goldmanlaboratories.com. Do you suffer from pain? B-Cure Laser, a home-use CE-approved medical device for the effective treatment of pain, is now available in the UK. The results of a double-blind trial has shown that B-Cure Laser offers a significant reduction in pain compared to the placebo group. To get your special B-Cure offer now, call free on 0808 501 5122 or Google Radio Pro London. B-Cure Laser. B-Cure Laser. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Hello and welcome back to this week's Health Tech Hour with Jules Payne, CEO of Heart UK, which is the UK's only cholesterol charity. So, Jules, before the break, we were going to talk about um, let's really try let's let's return to the mission of Heart UK, um, which I think you expressed very eloquently at the beginning of the show. Um, but and and how really do you move from what's an amazing mission statement to actually all of the different things? Like, how does that actually play out? you know, in, in reality. So, so 
how it plays out in reality really is about an awful lot of effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could understand um, that. And, yeah. and, and, and a bit of heartbreak ourselves, actually, if we don't okay. get heard. Right. Um, this is very, very important. Um, you know, we have a, a network of ambassadors, amazing ambassadors around the country who really help get the Heart UK messages into their communities, uh, which is so, so important. And, you know, we, what we try and do is it almost kind of you need to sit down at your dining table one day and just go, How, what are we going to do with this charity? What, right. where, where is the strategy? And, you know, yes, you always start with the with the with the person. It's not necessarily even the patient because they don't know they're a patient yet. Right. And, you know, roughly half the country have got high cholesterol or late raised cholesterol. One in 200 and... Sorry, on that, like I, the, the actual level is surprisingly low. It's one twenty over eighty, right? Is the borderline is now, or is it one thirty over eighty? What's the borderline for high? Because I did, I, I looked into this, and I was actually surprised at how sort of low, low I, you know, it, it's, it's not very, it's not, yeah, it's, it's lower than I thought it was. Raised cholesterol is if you, if you're over, I'm, I'm going millimoles per liter, I'm afraid. Um, so it, it, it's if it's over five, that would be. To, I mean, actually. The recommendations don't state um, an amount anymore, but Heart UK still uses the old-fashioned ones purely yeah. to give somebody to something to hang on to. So, you know, if you've got a total cholesterol of under five, then you know that's fine. LDL should be below three, yeah. basically, and HDL above one. Sorry, I interrupted you when you talked about blood pressure because I was also I did my blood pressure yeah. the other day and it was higher than I thought it was going to be, and then I went on the NHS calculator and I was like, oh my goodness. I'm like borderline on the, you know, borderline on the, the orangey red bit. But anyway, sorry, carry on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So, so you're talking about pressure and I'm talking cholesterol. Yeah, so you can we get half, back to cholesterol, Steve? Yeah, of course we can. I'm sorry, my bad. Took a little detour <laughs> there. Back <laughs> at it. Very much. Okay, so, um, so basically um, what we've got here is we've got about half the country, estimated half the country, have got raised cholesterol. So there's a big problem out there, massive, huge. Within that, we've got one in... 250 people so about 250,000 people have got the inherited form we only know five percent of these people yeah why why we're in 2022 we only know of five percent of 250,000 people that are ticking time bonds that need to be picked up early Mm -hmm. so it all starts with policy so it kind of starts with that in terms of right where where do we go is cardiovascular disease a priority for the government and then you can start with that government thing but if you start with policy with the government that does translate and I'll give you an example of that mm-hmm. we have been championing for a number of years now um, since 2013 we have been championing uh, a one place for data for FH data okay so all families in future um, families uh, generations of families can feed into that registry so there should be a national registry and by national with this particular thing you have to think about all the different devolved nations that all have their own or should all have their own that's great it's great isn't it that it went that way it's really helpful i know (laughs) Um, anyway so so we um we championed since 2013 that there should be um a national registry for fh um Wales has it. They don't have it in Scotland, Northern Ireland, uh, or um, 
sorry, I'll put my teeth in now. <laughs> um, anyhow, so in England, yeah, we don't have it in England either. And we have a sort of, but it's not really. Um, and we've been, there's been a particular piece of software that, um, that clinicians have used, and it's sort of become the pseudo national, but it's not really mm-hmm. officially uh, a, a national registry. So we've championed that with the government. And we have championed that with the NHS since 2013. And I'm really, really proud to say that Heart UK, because of Heart UK, what we received was a letter uh, from the Secretary of State for Health. This was last year we received this, confirming that there was money set aside, £335,000 to be precise, set aside for the NHS to develop a national registry for FH. How proud are we that we got that? So we're feeding into that process and that's great. So that sort of um, policy with the government into practice with the NHS, what does that matter to the families Mm. and the patients? Actually, what it matters is there's already a, a system. So whether it's going to be that same system or not, that's going to be used in the future, we don't know at this point. But what matters is that actually patients will be on there. They're, the data from today, we will know what gene, if we've identified a gene in a family, we will know that for the grandchildren, for the great-grandchildren, mm-hmm. and for generations and generations to come. So that's the importance of a registry. Yeah. Now, that's something that Heart UK has done. We've also... Can I just ask a quick question there? Sorry, go so, on. Um, Sorry, I don't want to interrupt your your flow, but on on, on that, what I think is really interesting, and we talked about this in our pre-production call, didn't we, which is around why does why does policy advocation matter? Like what 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 why what versus you know I don't I'm, I'm, I'm whatever something that people might perceive as being more direct, and I think that that's a really good example of why it actually matters because certain large systemic changes can. Uh, that is what you have to do there's lobbying there's policy there's white papers whatever else you guys have to do in order to just health economic case i'm guessing probably somewhere along the line you know it's it's not easy particularly healthcare policy to change no it's absolutely not it takes years it's not something it's not a five minute job by any stretch it is it takes years to get there and it's really important to be part of that conversation That's the key thing here is being part of that conversation, making sure you know who the key stakeholders are that you need to be engaging with. That's really important point as well. And making sure that that dialogue is happening and that that's happening regularly. And that also it's not just that that's happening regularly, but you also hold them to account if they've promised something and it's not been delivered that's really key. So we've got that in the long-term plan at the moment. So there is an NHS long-term plan for cardiovascular disease. And in there, there is a target to reduce heart attacks and strokes by 150,000 heart attacks and strokes by 2029. There's also, I'm pleased to say, this is the only five-year target, thanks to Heart UK, Um, published within the uh, NHS long-term plan is to increase the FH cases identified um, from 5% to 25% by 2024. That's excellent. And there's only that, and and 
how do you think that they're going to go about doing that massive increase? Because that's a big, that's a 5x increase, right? Exactly. But this is the amazing thing. So, and it comes back to us holding the system to account again, not just the NHS, but actually the, the government, because, you know, the, this is this is the whole thing. It all interlinks with the yeah. government policy as well. So, so that publication is agreed. So we can hold everybody to account saying, well, what are you doing about it? Where's the funding to deliver Where's this? the funding? The registry, absolutely a key part of that. So yes. that's tick. That's, well, it's not quite tick. It's not quite done it. Yeah. But we're holding them to account on that. And Heart UK is involved in those conversations with those key stakeholders. That's really it's so important, Steve, to make sure that you collaborate with the whole system and actually um, get through this journey together. Well, one, I agree. A non-familiar hypercholesterolemia or FH, that's actually one of the areas that we're in discussions with, um, with Bars Hospital about in terms of yes. how we can use PopDoc to better identify FH patients and monitor FH patients and things like that. And I think the thing with FH is that you're right, it's a complete ticking time bomb. Um, but if you can get those people, if you can identify them, then they can be treated very easily. You Absolutely. Know, relatively cheap Absolutely. That is another thing. But it's the, it's the, it's the not knowing that is creating the, the problem. And, and, and to your point earlier, yes, they're numbers on a piece of paper, but ultimately there's more than that, which is the, not, not just the death, but it's the shockwaves that go through the family. So, you know, my, as we talked about before, my, my father had a stroke that was caused by cardiovascular disease um, when I was 14. He, he survived with, with quite severe, um, you know, after effects. But it, more than that, it was the shockwaves that, 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 that rippled through the family that had still have repercussions today, you know, in, in terms of the damage that that single event had. And so um, and that's been replicated millions of times a year up and down the country. And, and so anything that can be done to try and yes stop someone having that initial thing but actually there's a whole bunch of secondary and tertiary mm. you know negative impacts and follow-on issues that, that come as a result of that one particular incident i completely agree and i have to say the nhs has responded brilliantly to the to the long-term plan and as far as the the, the cholesterol um uh, targets that are in there um there's 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 a lot of activity that's happening and it's at, there's some fantastic stuff going on not least of which is for fh um there's numerous ways that need to be um identified and, and delivered in order to deliver that target um uh, on, on on in time let's say Mm. so um so basically there's going to be child parent screening which i'll come back to in a second um GP searches. So um, GPs would do a search on their database because they've got very rich data and um, they will have patients there that will have FH in their GP practices. But it won't be too onerous on them because actually there's not a humongous number within each GP practice itself. So that's a really good way of finding Mm -hmm. um, families in that way. But then there's also the existing cascade testing services that are absolutely key. So once you've been identified you, your then wider family needs to be tested yeah. um, for FH and, and treated as appropriate. Uh, and I'll come back to the child parent screening now. So this is something that we we have been championing at Heart UK since 2016. So in 2016, there was a, a paper published by Professor David Ward. Um, and in his study, they tested 10,095 
babies or children between the age of one and two at immunization point. And it was a, it's a simple um, hill prick test and yeah. uh, cholesterol test. And then if the child had high cholesterol, then the parent or one of the parents, you've either got one or both in the surgery at the same time, the parent was then tested. And then 40 children and 40 adults or parents were identified and then obviously families from there. And a great example of that is, um, is a young family down in Cornwall. And so Harrison um, went along for his uh, immunization and um, his mum was asked, how would you feel about Harrison having this test and being part of the study? And she agreed with this. So Harrison was identified with FH. His two sisters were identified with FH and bear in mind the um, younger sister um, at the time I think there were four and six I believe um, uh, the the younger sister had a cholesterol level of, of 13. Um, wow yeah so um, so wow. uh, then mum was identified grandmother um, uh, the uncle and some of the uncle's family too so so you can see the importance of doing this but yeah. not just doing this in terms of find, identifying the families, but doing it early has been mm-hmm. so important. Now, this, this family, a hugely positive family, they've been identified. They know it. The treatment for Harrison is still diet and lifestyle mm-hmm. and medication is required for everybody else, as well as a healthy diet and lifestyle. And that is yeah. key. Yeah. And they're getting on with their lives. How amazing yeah. is that? Now, yeah. For child parent screening, for us, this is this should be something that the UK National Screening Committee absolutely should adopt. Now, of course, our UK National Screening Committee um, go across the whole of the UK, not just England. So I'm pleased yeah. to say that at the moment where we're at with this is there is a pilot with child parent screening in England, across seven cool. areas of England. So if you're invited... To, for your child to have, have a test uh, because the, your GP practice is involved in this pilot, please, please say yes. Heart UK has got lots of information and support for you if you need that. Um, but I would say that also um, if that's a success, the pilot is a success and the target for the pilot through the NHS is to test 30,000 children in the next ten, uh, two years and uh, that pilot actually started testing children in um, October and identified the first child, I believe, in December. So, oh. so that's a huge programme. The UK National Screening Committee has said no three times to accept adopting this as a screening programme. So we're, we was, were it, was, that, was that a cost, cost decision or what was the... No, it was the fact that you wouldn't necessarily treat the child until older. Well, actually, diet and lifestyle is a treatment. I mean, how can it be bad to just find out? I know. I mean, like, like even if you don't do anything, how can it be bad to just understand the situation? Exactly. This is, this is true, true prevention. It's a true prevention program. They are bonkers to, to say no to this. I mean, look, I can, I can understand... If there was a, you know, because people in the NHS, I think one of the things that if you're not from this, the area that we work in or, or connected, mm. it's difficult to understand that the NHS and the wider NHS is effectively what they call a fully costed enterprise. So there's no sort of 
money set aside to do new things if you want to do a new thing then it comes from stopping something that's already happening or in theory the new thing saves money so that actually it can kind of happen and replace whatever the old thing was so i could understand if the argument here with with the screening was actually relative to other things that we might want to screen for this is less cost effective or the cost benefit analysis didn't quite get there but if it's more of a ethical thing or is that we don't think the information should be shared with parents it's like absolutely that's absolutely bonkers yeah it is it is utter bonkers so at the moment we're in a situation where there's nothing we can do right now what we have to do is wait for the evaluation of the pilot and then if that pilot is successful then the nhs will roll it out mm. throughout england but what about Wales, what about Northern Ireland? What about Scotland? That's why I want the UK National Screening Committee to say yes. And and there's yeah. there's there's other aspects to to why they've said no. It's not just been one reason, but sure. you know, we, what Heart UK's tried to do is, you know, initially they said, well, there's no guidelines for children. So we actually put our heads together with the key stakeholders, healthcare professionals, and Heart UK published guidelines for children and young people I mean, for yes. So we, 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 will, we will fill any gap that, that the UK National Screening, Screening Committee have. Um, what we can't do is, is say, you know, what you can't really do, it's not ethical, is to say, if you put children on treatment for this amount of years, then, then they will, you know, you'll, you'll give them so many years. It's not ethical to do that because you can't no. do a, a control trial with that. No, no. So, um, but can, I mean, is this, again, I don't exactly know the specific um, diagnostic test that they're doing, but this sounds like something that could be done at community pharmacy level. I mean, it's a, if it's a heel prick blood test, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, to, yeah, in a, in a weird way. Could, I, yeah. I have to say it could be done. Uh, so, so what normally happens is at pharmacy level, you would, so pharmacists clearly have a very important role in cholesterol testing. There's yeah. absolutely no reason why um, the cholesterol testing can't be done. Normally it's done with a point of care testing. So that's your indication that there's a problem. And then you go and, and have a, a full oh, blood count test right. um, through your GP. And then the GPs, um, you know, searching for FH at GP level is important. And then for cascade testing, that gets referred through to the specialist centres right. for cascade testing of the family members. But I mean, the key thing here for me is this, this stuff saves. This saves, not just saves lives and keeps family together. It saves a huge amount of money because once you've identified your, the, the, if, if there is a gene that's causing the FH mm. in the family, then actually, you know, you only need to look for that one gene. So you're not paying for a whole um, panel of gene testing. You're paying to only look for that one gene. So it's money saving on the NHS as well so this is a yeah, I mean, absolute no-brainer i mean i'm obviously slightly biased but yeah it does sound like a, a no-brainer to me so look we're gonna we're gonna stop for our our, our, our last our, our last and final commercial break we'll be back in two minutes for the final part of this week's health power speak to you in a uk health radio the station that makes you feel good Galar Light is the quantum energy emitted from the universe, from the sun and stars. Now, Tom Palladino, a humanitarian and scalar light researcher, has created the world's only scalar light healing system, a system that can bring long-distance healing and wellness to humans, pets, and plants via a photograph. 
Get your free 15-day trial now at scalarlight.com or click on the Scalar Light banner on the UK Health Radio website. Shields like masks are top of mind right now. But did you know you have inner armor working constantly to protect you from pathogens? It keeps you healthy and thriving. It's your immune system. Ion Gut triggers the body's natural ability to support gut strength all year long, so your immune system can protect you when you need it the most. How are you treating your inner armor? Visit uk.ionbiome.com to learn more. Ion Gut. Protect what protects you. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Hello and welcome back to the last part of this week's Health Tech Hour on um, UK Health Radio with Jules Payne, the CEO of Heart UK. So um, there's a few things that I want to make sure that, that I cover off with Jules because after we do the pre- every, I think everyone listening generally knows that we do, we put a fair bit of effort into kind of scripting the show and writing question sets and things like that. And then generally you, when you get a fantastic guest like Jules on, it all just goes out the window. And then, you know, you just have a great you have a great chat. So I just want to make sure we cover off a couple of things. So the first one is let's talk about the pandemic. So what, if anything, has the pandemic changed in cardiovascular disease assessment, prevention, treatment, cholesterol testing? Like what what have those key changes been? Because obviously everyone sees backlog, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff in, in the media. But what, from your perspective, has the pandemic impacted? Um, I I think the impact, first of all, I would just point out that, yes, delays, delays, etc. 1.2 million missed health checks. That's 1.2 million people that did not know whether they've got a problem with their cholesterol. So uh, 12,000 extra heart attacks and strokes in the next five years is the knock on effect of exactly that. So so absolutely we need to um, do something about it. There were 5,600 more CVD deaths than expected in 2020. So massive. But we have an opportunity, Steve. This is the point. We have an opportunity. What happened with the NHS, clearly it was so overrun with, with the pandemic and, and in some areas still is, even though obviously um, with all the changes recently, um, with the requirements, um, but but I'm still hearing that there's an awful lot of issues with COVID around the country in hospitals. Mm. But the whole world pivoted to digital and yeah. new ways of doing things, and I do not think that's ever going to go back. Genie's ever. not going back in the bottle. No, it really is not going back in the bottle. But I would point out that whilst digital and technology is absolutely key and important here and plays a hugely, hugely important part in health, it's not for everybody. So we always have to balance that up and make sure that we are actually covering everybody. I mean, from Heart UK's perspective, we want to make sure that everybody gets the support that they need. And that's every single individual in the UK. So tech is important. It has its place for sure. And I do think that with the pandemic, it's definitely demonstrated to us that tech is here to stay. Tech has an important part to play in health. Um, But 
as you've touched on and I've touched on as well, collaboration is absolutely key to yeah, work together yeah, to get exactly. this right. And it should be about, my, my view's always been, again, like you say, it, it won't be for everyone. And the demographic that it's not, quote, for, there's probably some generational, you know, demographic shifts that mean that that percentage is, is smaller, but it's still always going to be significant. Mm. And um, dig, digital really is just a channel of delivery. In, in a sense now it, it obviously has been like decades worth of change in the space of two years which is may, some may say long overdue right it was stored up and it should have it should have already been happening um uh, but 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 wasn't for various various reasons inertia is quite hard to overcome um but you know that it's it's a, it's, a, it's a delivery mechanism it's a delivery channel where where th- if there are cohorts of people that can be can have their services delivered digitally great and if they're happy with that, great. And if the outcomes are good, then fantastic. Because that frees up time for other people or other diseases or conditions that just don't or aren't suited to that, that delivery mechanism. Mm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I completely agree. And, you know, it's about making sure that you are in the right place at the right time for each individual. And that's that's the key thing. And, and Heart UK, we do an awful lot digitally um uh, but we do have still physical booklets and uh, and so on so this this is important we still have physical people that are ambassadors that Mm. that are in their communities helping us to get our messages out there and and to help raise awareness of this very important subject matter agreed and so a kind of continuation on that how um what do you think that the potential impact um on cholesterol testing or on cardiovascular disease of of you know digital point of care testing or app-based point of care testing stuff like what what PocDoc's doing I mean what what is your kind of gut feel about what that could be used for and how that might 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 work out well people want to know more about their health there there is a huge interest out there of of individuals health from everybody and you know the, the health conversation certainly the pandemic has helped with that and um one of the reasons why our helpline was so um the increase with their helpline was so huge was because people wanted to know and try to understand what was the impact on them because with cardiovascular disease and the pandemic and and COVID, what what was actually going to happen to them? Uh, What was their risk? What did they need to do? They needed to understand more. And I think what it's done, the pandemic, is to make us uh, uh, think about our health far more on a day-to-day basis than perhaps we did before because life takes over you Mm -hmm. get on with your your family life and your your job and so on and so forth and 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 health sometimes takes a back seat um well i mean it does over the last couple of years because if anyone was worrying about health it was probably about covid and then otherwise everyone was just trying to stay keep their head above water yeah exactly exactly And, and and i think that's you know but what it has done is brought to the forefront of everybody's mind their health and 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 certainly there's always been an interest in health help hence our helpline but um but i i think even more so now and i think people are turning to tech to help them because let's face it it's you know there's enough to deal with in life let alone adding to it with health difficulties and if you can use help help if you can use health tech to help you manage all of that, then I, I think that's the future in terms of, um, you know, 
whether it be apps, whether it be testing. Uh, and I obviously I would just reiterate that Heart UK does not recommend home testing at the moment. Self-testing, yeah. But that could be something that, you know, if, if there's a test that's good enough out there, then, you know, come on, Steve. Yeah. Don't worry, we're working on it. I mean, look, fundamentally, the first stage for us is obviously working out through professionals. Like, there's, there's, I mean, yeah. that's 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 the first stage, you know. And and we we're confident that that we can move to a point where, but look, it has to be able. With medical devices, we're a medical device developer. You know, you 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 you're you. There is a huge burden, quite rightly, of responsibility on on us to ensure that our tests can be used correctly in yeah. the environment and um, use that we intended to be. So, so you know, we'll, we'll get there. But but I think um, that's, and it is it is important because it isn't just about those results either. It's about the what then. So sure, exactly, and, and so what? Yeah, it's the so it's the so what. And, and again, like we talked about before, is like sometimes even even when people go to more traditional healthcare outlets. Uh, healthcare providers and they're, they're told oh your results are fine so well what does that what does that what exactly. what, what do i do what 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 do i do with fine good bad what where's fine you know that's, so it, I that's think- exactly where heart uk is so so you know we are there for patients as well as healthcare professionals um to help uh provide help with with the individuals and their families to help them to understand their numbers, help them to understand what they can do about it. And this is absolutely key that, you know, diet and lifestyle is, is you know, very, very key, but treatment will be needed uh, for some people if you can't get it down with, with diet and lifestyle, and especially if you've got the inherited form uh, treatment is, is needed. So on that, just that specific point, because we've talked about um, FH quite a bit. If someone has some concerns about FH themselves or in their family, what what can they do at this point in time? What would you recommend that they do? So first of all, go and have a look at the Heart UK website. So um, heartuk.org.uk. And um, we do have a helpline that uh, is available for you. Um, The details are on on the website. Um, Follow our social media channels. We're on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, the usual ones. And um, and I would just say we have a humongous amount of information on the Heart UK website, uh, not least of which is tons and tons of fabulous, really tasty recipes. So <laughs> even though you might have um, a problem. I can vouch for that. I took a look. They, are, they do actually look pretty good. They, they are fantastic. And uh, and, you know, they're, they're beautifully written, easily understood. And, you know, if let, let's face it, I'm not a great cook. But if I can actually cook these delicious dishes and make them delicious at this end, as opposed to um, the our dietitian who beautifully puts them together um, at her end, then uh, actually that, that's good enough, I would suggest, because I'm not a great cook. Um, but they do turn out beautiful. So, so there's lots of things that you can do. And just bear in mind, um, also on the Heart UK website, there's information about foods that you can introduce into your diet that will also help reduce cholesterol levels. And please be aware, it is Heart Month uh, in February. It is National Heart Month. It is National Heart Month. So Heart UK has got a cook-along on Friday, the 18th of February. So if you wish to sign up um, for that, that would be great. And what is is that? What's happening with the cook-along? So it's a cook-along that is cooking tandoori roast salmon with coronation cauliflower and brown rice. That sounds actually pretty good. And Lock Do Art is supporting us uh, by providing the salmon. So that's oh, beautiful. Very nice. Um, so, so during Heart Month, we're just encouraging everybody to take notice. So be informed um, about cholesterol. Be active. So sign up for the Heart UK 10,000 Step Challenge. Um, 
uh, learn, so learn to cook, use our recipes, join our uh, cook-along. Uh, and of course, please do um, give. We are a charity and we would be so grateful if you could make a donation to help us to keep uh, prevention at the forefront of the mind of the government, to keep things um, active and moving forward with cholesterol and um, so, so to help us to help other people and families such as yours, um, as your uh, as your listeners are le- uh, listening, um, that would be absolutely amazing. Uh, and most of all, to keep families together. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely key. And on, and on that note, what, what do you think the next 12 to 24 months really holds for Heart UK other than National Heart Month? But like, what's the sort of, do you have any kind of big goals or objectives that you're trying to work towards over yes, the next absolutely uh absolutely that is for the long-term plan to be delivered um okay. clearly that is for our education programs for healthcare professionals to um to uh to, to, to get every healthcare professional onto those to get them fully educated around lipids but most importantly to crack cholesterol um uh, but to collaborate on tackling cholesterol together um and making sure that we save lives and keep families together great and before we go what would your advice be to anyone who's kind of already working in the charity sector or thinking of moving into the charity sector sort of similar to to what 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 you did what advice would you would you give them I would say go do it because quite frankly it's the best thing I've ever done although I have to say I'm really sorry but I have the best job in the world (laughs) that's not available (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I agree. Well, look, Jules Payne, thank you very much for coming on the show. Jules Payne, CEO of Heart UK. Um, it was a fantastic show. I, I loved having you on. And I'm sure the listeners did too. So thank, thank you very much you for very coming much. on. And thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back again with another great guest next week. Have a lovely week. Your family. Watched my favourite shows on your TV. Made me breakfast in the morning when you got home from work. Making plans to travel around the world. Said we'd always put each other first. Old love songs we used to play to. Funny now I hate you. Now I remember. Just trying to fix you And all your daddy issues But now I don't even miss you anymore So I I want all the tears back that I cried All the hours spent giving advice On how to write your songs All you did was prove me wrong When you said you loved me Well you must have had your fingers crossed Attention to my friends Telling me how bad it's gonna end Always giving their opinions Now I wish I would have listened I could say I'm sorry but I'm not You don't deserve the one thing that you love Now I-